Welcome to the Power Unit Success Cast. This is episode number 87, where we are talking about how to establish yourself more as a business owner. So stay tuned. There are countless real estate agents worldwide, but very few are truly successful. If you want to make more money, build your clientele, and experience true success as a real estate agent, Chasten J. Miles is ready to share the tools, tactics, and secrets with you. Join him now on the Power Unit Success Cast. All right, everybody. How you doing? I, I am so excited to present this podcast episode to you. We are just coming off of Christmas, so I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Hope you had a wonderful time with whatever you did for Christmas, if it was seeing family or, you know, even spending some time alone. I hope it was worth it for you. I was able to go out of town to Houston, and I was down there with my family, with my mom and grandmother and aunts and cousins, and, you know, we had a nice little small Christmas. It was it was a lot of fun. And I am excited about the new year. Like, I don't know if if you're feeling this or if it's just me, but I'm just excited to get into 2022. I don't know what it is, but I am super excited to get into 2022. You know, 2021 has been awesome, um, but it's been a real year of discovery for me. I've I've discovered a lot of things about myself, about how my mind works and how I want to move into the future. And I've never really been one of those people to say, oh, I'm going to wait till the new year to start something. But I am excited that the new year is going to bring a new beginning for a lot of things and for a lot of people. I've been seeing people's posts on Facebook and on Instagram and I I think that a lot of people are excited about this, like just this opportunity. And so I'd be interested in knowing what you are planning on doing in 2022 that you didn't do in 2021 or maybe that you didn't do successfully or didn't follow through with. You know, what what are what are you excited about doing on today's episode? Actually, today's episode is a replay of a power unit coaching call. And I felt like, you know, normally I like to keep these calls private just for power unit members, but there are some things in this in this coaching session that I feel are super beneficial, um, especially as we move into the new year. And that's how to establish yourself more as a business. You know, I know a lot of people that listen to my podcast are real estate agents. Well, at the end of the day, even though you're a real estate agent, you are a business owner. You file taxes like a business owner and you have the same opportunities that businesses have. And I'm going to be doing a lot of training and teaching on this stuff in 2022, just about how to maximize your opportunities, whether it's investing in real estate or raising capital, building funding, buying a building, you know, starting a new business, scaling your existing business all of that. I'm going to be helping people do that left and right. Um, So I want you to hear this episode and I want you to be sure to take some notes from it because we are talking about like real business stuff and what you can start doing now or immediately in 2022 to establish yourself more as a business owner. Now, before I play the episode, you know, I always got to make my call to action. So 
Thank you for those of you who have left me a review, who have taken the time out, sent me a message, shared this podcast. It really goes a long way. And if you have been listening to this podcast and you still haven't written a review or left me five stars, you know, please, <laughs> what can I say? Please, can you can you take a moment and do that for me? Because it really goes a long way in my book. And actually, here's what it really does. It it pushes my podcast up. Like, let's just be real. It, it pushes it up. It pushes it up the ranks. And when that's done, more people can see it. Like Apple will start recommending it and Spotify, Google, everybody will start recommending it. And then we can really grow this podcast into something big. So I ask that you just take that simple action. Leave me a review. Um, leave me five stars, you know, write in the review how this podcast has helped you or any takeaways or even any ideas for future episodes. I read all of the reviews and again, they go a long way with me. So look, if I don't talk to you before we get into the new year, happy new year. I enjoyed this journey with y'all so far and I'm excited about the future. Um, let's go ahead and get into this episode. What I want to make sure that everyone has is the exact checklist to establish yourself as a real business, all right? Because a lot of people think that it is just about, oh, forming my LLC and getting my tax ID, but it's not. Because these lenders out there and these vendors, they check a lot more than that, okay? So I wanna make sure that you all um, are able to check all of the boxes so that when a, when, when a lender does pull your profile, whether you're trying to get an investment property or even just a business credit card, you actually look like a business. You know, um, with the way things are these days and people scamming PPP loans and all that kind of stuff, people are, are looking and they want to see if you're actually running a business, right? Because there are certain things about a business that people can easily find. Like if I tell you that I have a company and a, and a business, you should be able to look me up anywhere and see some, some stuff, right? You should be able to, to see a phone number, a, a name, an address, all that kind of stuff. And these lenders do that. On the business side, lenders tend to, to comb through things a little bit differently than on personal. You know, personal is kind of just about your credit report and tax returns and, you know, the verification of employment, stuff like that. When you're working on the business side, it can get as deep as you sending your, um, your financial reports. So your profit and loss sheets, your balance sheets, you know, your, your list of assets, them combing through stuff and not just relying on a report. But I will say it's really cool on, on the business side because they do evaluate deals differently. And I don't want to say that they're easier to get, but they're less just, just strenuous and, and personal. They're not as personal as, you know, you trying to get a personal loan. You know, they base a lot of stuff just on whatever asset you're trying to acquire um, whether it's a property or a franchise, you know, just really looking at the overall deal when it comes to it. But for the most part, you need to establish yourself and make sure that you actually look like a business. I mentioned this last week, 
forming that legal entity. So starting with your business name, you have to have a business name and you don't want it to be your personal name. Okay. Don't let your business name be your personal name. And as you grow as an entrepreneur and start getting many buckets of income and you have many assets, whether you become a landlord or have an Airbnb business or whatever, you don't want your business name to be your personal name. Like just, just take yourself away from even that little bit of liability any way possible. Okay. So establishing that business name through your secretary of state website, setting up that LLC, it's going to be your, your first step. From there, you need to have a location. Okay. You need to have a location. This is, this is part of that credibility process. You know, is this a real business? Does this business have a location? If you don't have a physical office, that's okay. There's something called virtual offices. Has anyone ever heard of virtual offices? A lot of companies offer virtual offices to where you can pay as little as $20 a month for basically an office that handles your mail. So you receive mail there and they send it to you. But that's better than having a PO box. Lots of lenders, they don't like to see P.O. boxes. So if you don't have a physical office, use a virtual office. I wouldn't advise using your home unless absolutely necessary. Invest in a virtual office. And that's the same thing as a phone number. You need a business phone number. I use Google Voice for my business phone number. Okay. But I also have... Um, a phone through the the cable the um internet company. You know, I got one of them bundle deals, and they say bundle it and make it cheaper. I mean, it's like five bucks a month for a phone number. But the cool thing about this is when you have that landline number, quote unquote, registered in your business name, it shows up differently. It shows up in directories. It makes you more legit, more credible. Okay, so we said name a business lo location. And again, look into virtual offices, virtual offices that can save you a lot of money. And then a phone number. You're going to need an EIN, a tax ID number. This is free. Once you're established on your secretary of state with your, with your, your state, you're going to get a tax ID number. So you're going to go to irs.gov, right? We should all know that website, <laughs> unfortunately, um, and register for an EIN. They're going to ask you, what's your legal entity name? What's the address? Okay, so that's why you want to have that location, that, that virtual office or that physical office beforehand. So that way you can register this tax ID to that address. It's free. Once you register, they're going to give it to you right there on the spot. This becomes your social security number for your business. Okay. When you're filling out business credit applications, you're going to use this tax ID number as the social. When you're doing your business taxes, you're going to use this tax ID number. All right. Very important step. Next. You need a Dun and Bradstreet number. Dun and Bradstreet. I will drop that in the chat so everyone knows. 
how to spell it. It's often referred to as a Duns number, D-U-N-S. When you register for a Dun & Bradstreet, and essentially Dun & Bradstreet is like the big business credit reporting agency. So you can think of them as the transunion for business credit. They're going to keep track of your business credit accounts. They're, um, a lot of businesses report to DMB, so a lot of um, vendors report to them. They're going to give you a score, everything. Okay, this is the credit reporting for business. A DUNS number is free. It's free. Now, when you register for one, what they're going to do is they're going to try to just, just like Equifax and TransUnion and Experian, they're going to try to sell you these packages. Just note that it's completely free. It's completely free. They're going to try to sell you credit signal where you get alerted and this and that. You don't, you don't need all that. You just need that DUNS number. Okay, 100% free. Once you have that, you have this legal entity, you have your EIN, it's time for you to go and open up a business bank account. This is a bank account in your business name. Now, your personal name will be on that account too. You, you're you're going to be known as the primary officer on the account. So you can receive checks in your name, put them in that account. You can get checks, deposits in your business name, put them in that account. You want to get in this mindset and mind frame of separating your personal finances and expenses from your business. It's going to make it a heck of a lot easier when it comes to accounting, when it comes to doing your taxes, funnel all of your business expenses through your business accounts. Now, in the future, you know, we'll talk about credit cards and stuff like that because you're going to want to start maximizing credit cards for all of your business expenses. But for now, you can funnel things through your business bank account. Okay. And I recommend going to an actual business bank. So doing a search for your area of the best business banks. I would steer away from the big banks, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, all of those. You want business bank. The smaller, the better. Okay. I'll tell you, I have a great relationship with my banker. We communicate a lot through email, through text message. We actually have a real relationship. That's what you want. You want a business banker like that. When it comes time for you to need money, they know your business. They know what's up. They know what you're about. And I'll tell you, I didn't know my, my banker before we started working together. And when I was getting an account there, she must have interviewed me. Like, I was just like, I didn't know it would take all this, you know. But it was good because what she was doing was she was really getting to know my business and what I was just trying to accomplish, right? And then she even expanded my mind on some stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, I want to do that, too. And I want to do that, too. But that's that started our business relationship. Now, I love that that lady. I send her gifts. <laughs> you know, it's it's she's really good. You want someone like that.
You want someone on your side for the long term. You know, it's it's kind of the same how we work in in real estate. You know, you know how we try to tell people, oh, you don't want your pre-approval from Chase or from Wells Fargo. You know, we want to send them to a lender. We know how their process works. We know what they check and all that kind of stuff. We know that it can be more legit. Same thing with your business finances. You want someone who will look into this, who, who you can have a personal relationship with. Like, and I've, I was surprised that she even called me one day. She was like, um, there's a charge that's, that's trying to come out of your account and it looks suspicious, you know, and we can clear it if you want. And I was like, well, how much is it? And she told me, I said, oh, no, ma'am, I ain't, mm -mm, that ain't, that ain't nothing I ever did. But catching that, you know, like catching that and actually reaching out to me, which was, was great. It wasn't just that text message after it was all said and done. And then you got to go through a whole fraud process. Just that personal relationship. So interview around, look around for a legit business bank, someone who specializes in business products, helping business owners, things like that. Um, you're going to need a website. You're going to need a website. Have a website for your business. You can use your, your real estate website. It's totally fine. But by website, I mostly mean make sure that you have your own domain. Okay. Have your own domain and create an email address for that domain. Remember, you're a business owner. You need to look like a business. So create an email address for that domain. Next thing you want to do is start to list yourself on 411 sites, directory websites. Okay. Some of the big ones out there, Yelp. List yourself on Yelp. Make sure that you have a profile on there. List yourself on Yahoo. On Google My Business. List yourself on Bing Places, B-I-N-G Places. List yourself on MapQuest. Yes, it still exists. Foursquare. Yellow Pages. Manta, M-A-N-T-A. You want to make sure that your business is on all those websites. This is what's going to end up happening once you start listing your, your business on all these sites. When someone goes to Google, it's going to pop up pages full of your business. This business is a real business. They have a name. They have a location. They have a phone number. They have a legit email address. They have a website. And that's what you want. Okay? This is what lenders will look at. It's a more personal approach on this side with business and with leveraging your business credit. From there, at that point, that's when you can go and start to apply for your tier one vendors, which we will go more in depth next week. But I gave you a few last week, just so you can watch the replay, should be in your email already. But at that point, then start going apply for your tier one vendors.
Okay. Um, got a question. How can I start a website? So there's many places you can use Squarespace. You can use Wix.com, W-I-X. You can use, if you have KV Core, you can use that as your website. But Wix and um, Squarespace are two popular ones. And it, and, it, and it doesn't have to be extensive, right? I'll show you all my website for my entity. So the name of my entity is CJM International, right? I'm going to share. Oh, I can't share for some reason. I think Miriam has um, my privileges. But if you just go to cjminternational.net, and I'll drop the link in the chat box. That's my business website. It's, it's simple. It, it, it didn't take long. Why can't I spell CJ? Okay, but it's just a presence on the internet. Okay, because again, you want to be legit. Oh, now I'm the host. Thank you, Miriam. You're welcome. Okay. So you see here, it's just the name. I mean, this isn't like a, even a logo. <laughs> it's just the name. And then I have my companies here that are under that umbrella. So again, you don't have to get out there, pay a bunch of money. Do I mean, you can literally just use a template and set up a page. The, more, the most important part is that you have your domain. Okay, you have your domain. That is your company name. All right. So make sure you accomplish those steps. Do them before the end of the year. Okay, do them before the end of the, the year. As we get into financing, you know, financing of deals, big deals, let's just say you want to partner and do a development with some people, a lot of people or a lot of lenders like to see a business established for a certain amount of time. Kind of that median time frame is about two years. Okay, so do this stuff sooner rather than later. Just get that established date on record. And there's no better time than the, the present. I just set up another LLC like two weeks ago, you know, for some other projects coming that I plan on doing next year. But I wanted to establish that even though I'm not going to start those projects for a while, I wanted to establish that company right now. So there's no harm in it, right? It can only benefit you. Any questions over these things from today? Yeah, just to kind of add to what you said, Chastain, please. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have like their vehicles in their personal name. When you build business credit, right? So you can transfer those vehicles in your personal name now into your business. So your debt to income ratio, you can free up gaps to purchase properties. So I opened a business with uh, one of my LLCs with PNC Bank. Don't go to the big banks, Chase, Bank of America, whatever, ignore them. 
go to Navy Federal, PNC Bank, Spirit of Texas, credit unions, community banks and stuff. They work better, right? So I was able to get 80,000 for, for business vehicle. Now I'm transferring all personal vehicles into business. So my debt to income ratio on the personal side is zero right now, you know, but we can use that for some real estate just to encourage people to build that business credit. Very, very important. Yeah. And, and just to add on top of that, you know, we're running businesses here and we run a lot of expenses through our businesses, like entertaining, marketing, all that, that kind of stuff. You can run up your, your, your business credit cards, right? Leveraging those credit accounts and they're not going to report on your personal credit, you know, running up $10,000 on a business credit card, you know, whether that's 50% of your utilization on it or whatever, your personal credit would never know. It's not going to tank your, your score. Scoring doesn't weigh on, on, on the utilization side on, on business like that. Okay. So that was a good example. Um, what, what bio just gave that debt to income ratio and he was referencing to cars, but also, you know, for our expenses, we're, we're, we're in a business where it is very unpredictable, right? It's very unpredictable. Um, just like Holly said, she was working with a client in January and it was set to close in December. You know, things can, can be like that. And then when you get into developments, like those can take years. You want to be able to leverage other people's money, leverage credit like that. Okay, you want to keep your cash, your cash as much as possible and not have all of your personal money tied up in your real estate business. And this is exactly how you do that. The stuff that we talked about last week, this and then the stuff that we're going to talk about next week. Okay, so this is this is real world stuff. I'm not just trying to get you to open up credit cards and, and loans and stuff. Um, this is setting you on a path like Holly, like bio talked about of being able to have those assets. Real estate is just one asset. You know, there's several out there that you can start putting your, your, your hands in, but you want to get yourself established like this first. Okay. All right. Any other questions? We good. All right. Well, I will see y'all next week, Monday. Monday of next week.